just like telling about it where I feel obligated to just watch the whole thing. Well, you got to root on America. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it, it's like, but the funny thing is, I, I don't know. It's like I had this perception of, you know, I got to watch it on TV because then I'm actually watching it happen live. But it's not really live. That's the thing. It's live East Coast, but it's three hours delayed West right. Coast. <laughs> so it's like, well, why, you know, why do is I? Is it live East Coast? It is. Yeah, because Beijing is 12 hours 12 hour difference i thought so, they're 12 hours ahead of us right so they're 12 hours ahead of us so they so like right now it's the uh um well not right now but but they do all their evening stuff like basketball all, all the evening competitions so then they air those live in the morning here um and then all their morning competitions like swimming and gymnastics they air in the evening here so, um, so like last night, you know, if you were watching swimming and gymnastics, that was actually happening Tuesday morning in Beijing. Right. But we were watching it Monday night. Yeah. But yeah, it's not live for us. Did you watch the, uh, watch the guys pound on oh, France? Oh man. The, the four, the four by 100 relay yeah. race. Is that dude? Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I was freaking out. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. We were. We were very happy about that. We were we were watching it in bed. Yeah, and you're like, I'm like yeah! yeah, I'm like jumping up and down in bed. I know. And Melanie's gotta like, beat France. Mel, you know, Melanie's like, Kevin, be quiet, wake up, Callie. <laughs> I don't care. It was really, really exciting. Uh, you know, especially just uh, yeah. You know, we should just record and talk. We're about recording. This. Oh, we are recording. Yeah, I just decided to start. Are you kidding me? This <laughs> no. whole time we've been recording. Not for a minute and a half. Wow. No, but it was it was so exciting because. You know, I mean, of course, there, there's the, the rivalry with France and... The trash talk coming The trash from talking. Yeah. But what was so exciting was how, like, amazing that race was, just in general. It was, uh, what was it, the um, uh, the the five top teams all beat the world record yeah. pace, you know? That was it, amazing. It was amazing. You know, you, you have... You have um, you have these really great teams like, you know, France and America, good swimming teams. But then you have these other teams, you know, that people don't ever even hear of, Norway and Sweden. And they're literally beating, beating the world record. That's how intense that race was. Yeah. Five teams beat the world the previous world record. The last leg of that race where, what's that guy's name? Uh, v, uh, was it Vitor or Vexer or Veller? Or? V, ve, vegan. V, vegan. <laughs> He's a vegan? I'm not sure. I don't know, something like that. Right. But. He was like half a body length behind or something. And then he's like, nah, -uh. no, nope. not going to happen. <laughs> not on my watch. And he well, just he's... went for it. And, and they yeah. talked about, I, I, they talked about stuff I'd never heard of, like, um, riding the wave right. of the other guys. Like, Hey, well, I guess, I guess it's the same idea as like, um, like, uh, race car driving, you know, or the draft. A, or something. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can actually get more momentum or, or not as much, uh, impedance. Yeah. I don't know all the physics behind. I just know that was just a super exciting race. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, they, they showed the very final touch, you know, in super slow motion and you see him, you know, you see the American just extending his fingertips by just a fraction and it, it was eight one hundredths of a know. second, you know, just unbelievable. That's bizarre. And the best was the look of all the French. They were completely just shocked and, and, and all the words and all the smack that they've been talking <laughs> came flying back to their memories they're like ah oh, dang that didn't work out so good i shouldn't have and, said and, that you know michael fell just freaking out right i mean just yeah. you, you know there's all these like iconic shots of him now like all over the internet and all over um the news of him just like yeah 
you know, just, just like screaming all his, you know, you see all his muscles and veins, and he's just flipping what out. What was funny to me about that is the other guy, I don't know who it was, right? but he like, <laughs> he climbs under his arm, and he's like, he's you're like, not hiding me, man, I'm getting like, glory too. If I stand by Michael Phelps, I can get some airtime. <laughs> so he like crawls under his arm, he's and like, then like yeah. stands in front of him. It was funny, but this is my shot. Just a just a great race. Yeah, I love the Olympics. I really do. And um, like I was saying earlier, I I have uh, I haven't been getting as much sleep because of the Olympics. But uh, you know, it only happens once every four years. When I was reading a blog, um, Rich Kirkpatrick. I don't know if you heard of him. Cool, no. cool guy, worship leader. I don't know him. I just know him by his blog. But he wrote a post about the opening ceremony. Yeah, how they spent three hundred million dollars on right. that. What do you think about that? You know, well, I thought I thought it was unbelievable. I mean, I watched it, and uh, w- one of the one of the most amazing live spectacles I've ever seen. I mean, you know, it wasn't live in my world, but you know, live there. Probably in, the most amazing live spectacle of all time. Like I, I was watching it, <laughs> and and it literally felt like a movie or some amazing production that you know someone would take years editing and putting together and they did the whole thing it was like you know an hour long performance and they, they did the whole thing live. i mean how do you coordinate fifteen thousand performers uh just the the part that got me was the um it was in like the third or fourth act where they had the uh uh the the moving printing blocks and you know i'm watching that thing and, and i'm just assuming it's like computers or hydraulics or whatever because it was so much precision um, and then at the end, you know, they they pull the tops out. And you see all these like all these Chinese guys. They're like waving. They're like, "Hi, yeah. it was us." <laughs> Wait, are you kidding me? That that was a person. You know, it was some like eight hundred people inside those blocks, and they were all just moving them up and down. And and, and it's not like they can see each other. You know, they just had to know exactly when it. I thought it was unbelievable. Well, when you don't care about your people. You can force them to do, you know, eighteen-hour <laughs> long rehearsals for four months to accomplish something it, like it, that. It must, it must have been something like that. I, I can only imagine how much time and work that went into coordinating that. Yeah. You know, like even the opening drum thing with the two thousand and eight drummers. You know, with their uh, sticks and the lights, and I mean, you know, just super. Oh, and then you had the um, um, the the martial arts guy, the the taekwondo dudes. Uh, that were circling around the the kids, and um, I thought that was just beautiful how they formed these perfectly uh, symmetrical circles, and it was it was awe inspiring. Um, a sight to behold. It was a sight to behold, but pretty ridiculous though to think about the amount of money and work and time. Well, that's one of the things Rich was talking about, and and I don't know. I, I agree and I disagree. I I agree on the and the angle that he was taking it, like. You know how uh, how there's been a push in churches to move away from like the really well done, upscale, high quality production. You know, you know what I mean. Like, right. You know, to move away from the really ornate buildings and stuff like that, like the cathedrals used to be and stuff like that. And so, so I agree with them in that. I I think we've lost a lot as far as the church goes when we've moved away from some of that creative artistic natural beauty stuff that the church used to do and so many cathedrals you know are still being toured today because of yeah but at the, but on the other side as far as just just straight china goes i completely disagree with everything <laughs> because you know when they they were talking he was talking about you know that 300 million dollars could be used to to help its own earthquake victims. 
Right. And and instead they used it to put on a facade of everything is perfect in China Everyone's and good. we are better than the entire world because we have 1.3 billion people and <laughs> you know it's like yeah some of that stuff I don't I disagree with but it was cool. Yeah, I thought I thought it was cool. And you know, despite your feelings on it, and despite you know, despite foreign policies and right. your, your diplomatic views on on nations, and you know, d- despite how and this is what I've been hearing, just in you know, in the 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 coverage, the Olympic coverage I've been watching, you know, just hearing that I I, I even got to see that um, interview with Bob Costas with uh, George Bush. Uh, I think that was on. Um, I think it was on uh, Sunday. Yeah, it was on Sunday night after the the basketball game, um, which that was an exciting game too. Did you watch that one, mm-hmm. USA versus China? Uh, well, I watched part of it. Well, it was it was uh, said to be the most watched basketball game in the history of the sport. Oh. Um, because you know China loves basketball, so you had like 1.3 billion Chinese people <laughs> tuning in, and then of course you had all the Americans tuning in because this is like the redeem team. Yeah, you know it's like man, is America the redeem gonna... team? They yeah, should like, have yeah, said the redream team. The redream because <laughs> that's what they're trying to do is make it like the dream team yeah. back in the day. Well, you know, I mean, America totally sucked last year in Athens. Athens, it was just kind yeah. of embarrassing, and so you know, so you have all America tuning in. So I guess, I guess they had just an, a crazy number of viewers, you know, watching it for a basketball game. And you know, started out America wasn't uh, doing that good, and I'm like, oh great, is, is this going to be an, another 2004 <laughs> Athens all over again? But then about the uh, halfway through the second quarter, they they cranked up the juice, and it was an exciting game. All all that to say, after the game was over, Bob Costa sat down with George Bush, and they were interviewing and. You know, Bob was asking George about about this question. You know, well, what do you think about the you know foreign foreign um, politics here, and what do you think about you know uh, the the the, the four stuff and and uh, the way that they treat their neighboring countries? And you know, I think George Bush has some good things to say. But what struck me, and what I've heard over and over again, is that the you know despite your stance on on uh, you know diplomatic uh, international policies, despite whatever your stance is, you got to admit that China's been doing a heck of a job hosting the Olympics and especially for a country that has been so closed and, you know, almost communist in a way, uh, for them to open their doors and, and, you know, to allow these freedoms, I I think this might actually be the small step or a small start towards maybe some changes in China. I don't know. That might be too optimistic. We can hope. We can hope. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think it's just a good, a good reminder for churches that, there's a pretty big bar out there in terms of production. Yeah. And we can't we can't in any way compete with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it but it should motivate us to try and do the best with what we've got. Right. We're not going to we're not going to force people to practice for you know every day for hours and hours a day and we're not going to be able to get them maybe to practice more than once a week, you know. Yeah, I have a hard enough but. time trying to get them to practice once a week. Come on. 18 hour days but we but we ought to be striving for something and not just accepting where we are i think we should uh reinstitute sweatshops you know like forced labor camps and no for the worship department <laughs> yeah for the work <laughs> all across america just start you know start these uh crazy labor camps um <laughs> hey real quick total change in subject i just happened to notice uh you're drinking a pepsi there i am um man are you okay are you feeling all right because you're you're a coke drinker aren't you oh no no, no. I thought you were a Coke drinker. No, we. I've I've drank Coke a few times in here. 
because oh. Lee will buy Coke and put it in the fridge. Got it. Because we kind of have this sharing thing going on with the pop in my fridge. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I'll buy pop one time. He'll buy it the next time. Uh, you guys kind of share. So I just drink what's in there. Got but it. I am by, uh, you know, at heart, a Pepsi man. Wow. See, I totally misread you. I For some reason, I thought that, you know, there's like those total Coke, like fanatics. Yeah, it's like Mac people. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like it's like totally, they're like Mormons, you know, out right. there on a like mission. They have to they have to convert the world to Macintosh. Yeah, and, yeah I thought you were one of Coke. those crazy Coke fans that had to convert the world to Coke. No, I'm a crazy Buckeyes fan that has I, to well, convert yeah. the Buckeyes everyone to Buckeyes fans. <laughs> which, by the way, oh here we go. Just in case you were wondering, here we go. <laughs> the first Buckeyes game <laughs> is coming up in 17 days, 19 hours, and 24 minutes. Wow. Just in case you wanted to know that. Yeah, just, you know, the fact that you actually had that up on your <laughs> on your computer, just like ready to go. I mean, that that's what scares me the most. Well, you know, for, you know, usually my countdown is, is pointing to some big event like Christmas okay. or Easter. Right. Like, Might as well be a Buckeye game. Okay, so we're back. And uh, I have to tell you, I am becoming less and less a fan of Mac. Don't as, say it. As the minute goes by, every it. single second, I'm becoming less of a fan. Oh, uh, some weird disc is responding too slow, so GarageBand stopped recording oh. some kind of track. Anyway, we were talking about Christmas, and you were talking about how you're... Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I don't even want to think about it right now, but it's like you, you kind of have to start thinking about it and look previewing music and getting getting that all lined up and... Yeah, my last church, we did major Christmas productions. Oh, did they you? They were major for us anyway. And so we would actually start planning in August. And so, which meant I was always listening to music May through July. Wow. To pick out the music. And I was always frustrated with, like, with the word music because their Christmas music didn't come out until, you know, the end of the summer. Right. And so I was so always having to listen to old music from the year before to pick <laughs> out whatever. Wow. But yeah, we would start... In August, start planning and working out the details and get everything lined up. Because in September, you got to start practicing if you want. You know, we wanted to have people have it memorized. Wow! So we'd start in September. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. we we don't we're not going to do Christmas like that here. We're going to do we want to do something different and creative and pr- big program kind Whoa. of thing. But we have no idea what that's going to look do, like. Do you have any Do you have any like thoughts? I mean, planning planning stages or we've uh willow creek did this thing a few years ago called letters at christmas or something like that (laughs) excuse me i just ate lunch just pounded it down on the way over here nice and um it was it's probably really gross for our listeners anyway (laughs) um (laughs) they're like wait what um (laughs) This and it was it's it's talking about letters, different kinds of letters you get and send at Christmas time. And there's a couple funny things, a couple serious things, and then it talks about God's letter. What, like, is it draw like drama and skits, or is it music? some of everything? And then there's a little like a shorter message, like a 20 minute message about God's love letter to us. And uh. so it, we're we're maybe talking about something along that that way. But if not, it'll be something unlike anything we've ever done before and we have no idea what that looks like so (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not a terribly big fan or uh you know of huge christmas productions like i know i know a lot of churches do that and 
um, Laurelwood, you know, where, where I'm at, they used to do really big productions. Mm-hmm. Craig Allen used to put these big things on. Um, and that's just really not me. I, I don't know. I just like having the choirs and doing some Christmas carols and maybe a skit. But whatever. Well, it's got to fit in with your goal as a church. Like, right. That was, that Calvary, it was our, our big, uh, huge a- outreach thing. It was one of our only real big outreach things of the year. Yeah. And like as a church, you know, a church-wide thing. So we put a lot of time and energy into it. But here we've got a whole bunch of other different kind of outreach And speaking of outreach, you know, uh, the Clark County Fair here in Washington. Which is like the biggest county fair in the world. Yeah, it's, it's huge. A half a million people go to it. Right. It's real big. And um, we actually, both of our churches, Gateway and Laurelwood, combined with uh, a number of other churches in Clark County to uh, to do this big uh, evangelistic outreach, we we rented one of the booths in the um, in the commercial building, mm-hmm. you know, where you can where people like try to sell their stuff, their products. We rented one of those booths right next door to um, the Child Evangelism Fellowship booth where they did face painting. And uh, between the two booths, I mean, I, I was there on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the fair, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we handed out something like. We, we had these little million dollar bills. That was kind of our hook. So we would, you know, have a million dollar bill and be like, hey, you know, would you like a million bucks? Or, you know, you ever seen a million dollar bill before? And then, you know, people are like, what? What's that? And then you t- on the back of the million dollar bill are some questions about heaven. And we asked the million dollar question, which is where you think you will go after you die? You know, when all is said and done, are you going to heaven? You going to hell? And um, I actually had the chance on Tuesday. I led someone to the Lord. Cool. Uh, which was super super cool. Yeah. It was a, this young guy, he was there with his friend. Uh, you know, he he had heard about. You know, he had gone to church with his friend, heard about the gospel. Never, never really wanted to take that next step. And I asked him if he was ready, and uh, he was he was into it. So we talked, we prayed, gave him some stuff. But um, you know, uh, I heard the numbers. Um, Scott Devinney helped uh, put that on along with Ken Warren here at mm-hmm. Gateway. They they helped facilitate the whole thing, and. It was crazy. I think it was uh, 30,000 people um, came past our booth, and we, we handed out 30,000 tracks. Wow. There was, um, there was 14 decisions uh, for Jesus Christ, and, and that is in conjunction. Uh, if you add the CEF booth next door, mm-hmm. they had 105 kids pray wow. to receive Christ. So, you know, the kids are always a lot more receptive to that as opposed right. to the adults. So the fact that there was 14 adults over the course of a week and a half that decide to place their faith in Christ. I mean, that's huge, huge. Yeah. And and 30,000 tracks were passed out. Uh, we, we talked with um, one-on-one. Uh, there was over like 400 one-on-one conversations that went on. And it, it was it was a really, really cool time. Very but all, cool. the, all that to say, I was gone last week at the fair. And then the week before that, I was gone at a camp. And the week before that, we, we had... We recorded. We recorded, <laughs> but something went horribly wrong. With the Mac. With the Mac. Uh, so, what, I know you already explained a little bit on the, the 9.5 episode about what happened, but why don't we just kind of bring closure to it. So, we recorded in my office uh, three weeks ago, and then somehow during the transfer... Well, I borrowed someone else's laptop, so I brought it, you know, I was, had the laptop back in my office, and I was trying to get the files onto my computer, and I thought I had them over there, so I deleted them off of the other computer, and then when I went to open them on my computer, they weren't there. Uh... And then 
I had permanently deleted him off the other computer because I didn't want to take up his hard drive space because it wasn't my laptop. So it was gone. It was gone. It was gone. No recovery. Nope. And you tried. I could have if I had time machine set up. That's but, right. But, but you don't... left your time machine at home. And, yeah. <laughs> and mine's broken. So, so yeah, we were. Up no, Max creek. had this thing called time machine. Oh, it's like a real thing. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like. See, I it, thought you were making. I thought you were making a joke. Your data, like every five or ten or one minute, however much you set it, and so. Wow. But I didn't have that set up, so <laughs> didn't like, do me any good. <laughs> my time machine wasn't set. Dang. Well, it's not my laptop, so you know right. why would I? Yeah. Anyway, here. so that's all in the past. It's all in the past, and so we're here. And we're going to actually talk about uh, things we already recorded, which is going to be weird because it's like, wait, did we... Did we we say that already? Did we already talk about that? We did, but it never got recorded. Well, we wanted to talk more about worship service evaluation. That's right. And I know we didn't... In the first episode about worship service evaluation, we didn't get much to your NDP or... NCD. NCD. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, Natural Church Development Survey. So... And, And I can't, you know, again, I can't remember what we already talked about and what what uh was said but deleted so i'm just gonna i'll I'll just kind of give a brief summary and if if you folks have already heard this i'm sorry but uh basically our church is kind of going through this um this this kind of uh survey to assess the health of our church and it's a thing that i guess a lot of churches have done um, natural church development is a pretty well-known program uh, and what they do is they look at seven characteristics of a church you know they they say all right what what does every church have in common you know every church has leadership every church has um you know worship services every church has uh um uh, evangelism outreach things every you know so they look at these seven key characteristics and then what they do is they define them with an adjective so it's need-oriented evangelism it's uh, empowering leadership it's inspiring worship service holistic small groups and um, after taking this last survey, uh, the the lowest the lowest score was the inspiring worship service, which was kind of a hard blow for me. You know, as a a full time paid worship leader, right. you know, my the worship services are not apparently inspiring, and uh, scored the lowest factor. So I, I've been on this team. Uh, we call it the Church Health Team, the CHT. For some reason, our church loves acronyms. Um, it's it's kind of ridiculous, actually. There was, I think, four weeks ago or three weeks ago, I was giving some announcements. And uh, I'm like, okay, coming up, we have VBS. And after that, there's ETV. And then there's this FHM. And, and I, I, started, I started saying this and realizing, like... I'm saying nothing but acronyms. You know, VBS was Vacation Bible School that next week, and yeah. the following week was the summer camp Experience the Valley ETV, <laughs> and then we were doing this missions outreach for FHM Foundation for His Ministry, um, and then of course you know now we have CHT and NCD, and you know I'm just like wow. So if you have any visitors who're sitting there, right? They're <laughs> they're like, wait, wait, uh, LBTCRS? What? I, what are you saying? Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty funny. I have to watch how many acronyms I say in a given Sunday. But um, so I'm on this you have trip. A quota. Yeah, I've reached my five acronym limit. We're done. Yeah. Like a light goes off when you hit the yeah, five. Yeah, the, the, the red light and then goes they just on. Mute and, you every time you try so to now, use an acronym. Yeah, now I have after to actually, that. I have to start saying things like 
the uh, the self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, which is scuba. You know, I found I found all I found this book of acronyms. It's fascinating. Um, Ironic that you would have a book of acronyms. <laughs> Ironic. I thought you were saying "ironic" was an acronym. I'm like, no. whoa, I don't. Know it could that be. One. We could make up one. Sure, why not? No, um, but here's one I never knew. Zip, you know, like zip codes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was instituted by the post office as a zone improvement plan. Zip, zip code. Oh, there you go. There you go. And you know, in Portland, the the Max train. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Metropolitan Area Express. There yeah. you go. Who knew? Anyway, so I'm on the church health team, and we're assessing the uh, health of our church and. And one of the, one of the things that we're talking about is you know doing doing um, more deliberate worship surveys and I know David you talked about how how your church does does that worship survey and you and your senior pastor youth pastor um, you guys uh, get together and and talk about the you know how the service went uh, you know and one one of the one of the struggles I I've had is you know just that balance of you know how how much. How much do you open the box and, and are you letting in criticism? Because we we even met last night, our church health team, our, our CHT, and we, we met last night. We're talking about um, doing uh, surveys and, and and trying to get a, a wider pool of people. And one of the comments was, you know, well, if you just if you just have it be you and you just have it be like your pastor or an elder, you're limiting it. You know, you're limiting how how wide, uh, you know, how wide of a of a uh, of a pool you get or or what kind of uh feedback you'll get you know it, it's a very safe i think that was the word they use it's a very safe way of doing a survey by only asking you know like leadership or whatever so now what are your thoughts on that yeah um i actually disagree with that but that's no big deal because it doesn't really matter right. we can disagree <laughs> no and, and that's that's fine um, I'm, I'm not sold one way or the other yeah we talked about this in our uh, worship service team and um we're the worship service planning team, but we don't, you know, we don't call ourselves the WSPT or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> if you're at Laurelwood, you would call yourselves the WSPT because that's how you do it. Yeah. But, um, no, we, we talked about it and, you know, we want the people who are coming on, on the weekend to, to be able to experience the weekend. And if, if you, if you take them out of that experience and turn them into evaluation, then they, they almost never get to experience again. You know what I mean? So like, so for, so for that reason, we, you know, for one, that's one of the reasons we don't want to, we don't want to jeopardize that. And, and for two, you're kind of giving people permission to be critical. And we, that's, that's not what we want. We don't want to open up a door where, hey, it's okay for you to be critical of the worship service. We, we want to make sure we have people who have bought in to, to the philosophy and to the vision and to, and to the entire package of what we're doing as a church yeah. and who, who care about that deeply and passionately. And their agenda is to pursue that and to help the church pursue that, you know, more fully and more completely instead of, you know, getting somebody on the team whose agenda is, you know, they like a certain style right. of music. Or well, they, and, and I, I agree with that. And, you know, I think one, I don't know exactly how it's going to look. You know, we're still in the developmental stages of doing these surveys. And, you know, our, our plan is to just do kind of a, a random 40 person survey based on age groups. And I don't know where we're going to go from there. I, I do think it's important. And you said it, I believe. I can't remember if you said it in the, I can't, I can't remember if you said it in the one that we deleted or in the previous one. But uh, I think your comment, David, was that it's really important to do worship sur- surveys. 
um, to evaluate the, the service as a whole. And, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting on board with that and I'm realizing the value in it. Um, and so I don't know how it will look in the future, but one thing I agree with you on for sure is that I want to have people who are absolutely 100% invested in the success and the health of the church right. who aren't going to be people who are like, well, you know, I don't really like the drums that loud or, you know, we should do more of this kind of music or why don't we, you know, that's not what I'm interested in. I want people who are interested in where is the church going? What are we doing? And, and how is our worship service taking us there? Um, cause I think that's the value in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that we won't add some, you know, non-staff person to this team down the road. It just has to be the right person. Yeah. You know, there, there is something, especially if this team doesn't just evaluate, you know, we're going to, we use it as not just a, a place to evaluate, but we do creative brainstorming for future series and future right. sermons and stuff like that. So, so there certainly have to be some really creative people in our church that could really help be a part of that. And so if we can, if we can bring them along. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just Kevin's broke your desk. Apart. <laughs> Thinking about my furniture. I or not your desk. What is this? A little cabinet? Yeah. I didn't think this would come off. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But you know, there 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 are people out there who probably have way more creative ideas and think even way more outside the box than any of the staff. And so we would be foolish not to invite them to come in and use that gift of creativity to help us out. Right. But yeah. it's gotta be the right person, you know. Exactly. Just because they're creative doesn't mean that they're gonna be bought into and they could still, even though they're creative, be through their creativity pushing a certain agenda or a certain style. So you gotta be careful about that person and that team. Yeah. But ultimately, just like you said, I mean having you know, having um so you know, having someone that that's maybe gonna uh think differently than you or think about a creative thing that you never thought of. I, I think that's a really healthy, a good value of, of uh, the process. And, and that's what I'm realizing. And, you know, we, at, at our CHT meeting last night, you know, we met for like two and a half hours and talking about all these things and, you know, what can we do with the worship service and how do we make the worship service more inspiring? And one, one of the things that we talked about is, you know, really when you look at a worship service, I mean, it, uh, it's a, it's a curb to curb problem and I thought that was a really, I thought that was a really interesting phrase, a curb to curb problem. And we talked about how, you know, really, what, what does that mean? So, so we talked about how really from from the second you drive up into the parking lot, you know that that's when that's when the the either the problems start or that's when the solutions need to be found. And all the way up through when you actually exit the parking lot, and you know, one guy on our on the team, uh, you know, he was making the comment that. You know, hey, when I drive up and I see weeds and I see the landscaping, you know, looks like trash and I see garbage in the parking lot and stuff over by the dumpster, he's like, that totally, that totally bugs me and it irritates me. Um, you know, even like if I come and there's no parking, uh, I mean, that's, that's a problem too. If people come and there's consistently not parking, uh, that that's a frustration. And sermon begins in the parking lot. Sorry. That's what Andy Stanley always says. Sermon begins in the parking lot. So. Yep. So when we were addressing the worship service, you know, I think the easy thing to do and, and certainly the thing that I, I feared was that, you know, we're going to just talk about the music. You know, how's the music? Is the music good? But realizing that the worship service, it starts and, you know, it actually starts at the curb and it ends at the curb. It's a curb-to-curb mm-hmm. curb problem. So 
we're actually formulating our survey. You know, we have we're working on these questions for our worship service survey. We're actually formulating questions with that in mind. You know, when you when you drive up, do you feel you know, do you feel like it's a pleasing environment? You know, the grass is green, flowers are, are blooming, or does it look like garbage? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a big thing we found out just in the preliminary questions were um, th- there's no signs anywhere at our church that direct people where to go. And some of that I, I never really thought of, um, but, you know, for someone who has never come, it's like, wait, which which entrance do I pull in? Uh, which building do I go to? Where Which parking lot do I park in? Um, so that was that was a big thing we realized. Mm-hmm. We got to get signs out there, just uh, you know, to start that process right away, so that people, when the people enter in the building, they're going in the right building, and that the worship service is starting. You know, they aren't stressed out by the time they're actually walking in the doors. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. How much time do we have? Are we out of time already? We're pretty much out of time. Man. Hey, but before we go, I was gonna. We got an email. Oh, cool! And um, I won't I won't mention his name because he haven't, hasn't given me permission to mention his name yet. Fair but, enough. But uh, but there's this guy, and uh, he is a worship leader at a church, and um, he's having some some issues with a sound tech. Not you know they they have differing opinions on what the sound should sound like. Um, and so the sound guy, you know, has it wants it to sound one way, but the musicians want it to sound another way, and so they were, uh, you know, they're kind of having a hard time getting on the same page there. I sent him a couple suggestions, but I, I thought it'd be great if we have any listeners out there who who have some more suggestions on ways to to get the sound guy and the worship leader on the same page, agreeing yeah. on everything, on the same team, you know, not fighting with one another, and you know, just kind of. Some input on that. If any of our listeners out there have some some feedback on that, let's open it up and send it in to us, and and we'll help out. And I just said his name. (laughs) I didn't say his last name. There you go. Uh, But uh, anyway, maybe I'll edit that out. I'll go go. back and bleep it out. We'll bleep it. Um, but you know, if we can help him out and, and kind of help him with the situation, I gave him a couple ideas, but I'm sure there are some better ideas out there. And there are a couple ways you can do that. You can you can do that by sending us an email to David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. We have a phone number now. Oh wow, we have a phone number. We have a phone number, so you can call and leave a voicemail if you would like. So you can wow. call area code three six zero. Get the right number here. Yeah. Area so, code three six zero. Three five six one one seven five. So whose phone does that go to? <laughs> that goes to my computer. It's a Skype number. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so so you can call I think that'd that. be funny if it forwards like to my cell phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can hello, do that. <laughs> hello, this is Kevin. Oh but, hi. Um, so so you can call, you can send us an email, you can get on our website, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Post a comment. Post a comment. You, there's a contact form on there. You can fill out, and that'll send us an email. And there's also our Worship Ministry Catalyst Network, and that's worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com, and there's a link for that on the website. Awesome. And it's like a, a social networking kind of thing, like Facebook. It's like MySpace for worship leaders. It's not like MySpace. Oh. MySpace is lame. 
Oh, sorry. Facebook is cool. Facebook is. I don't yeah. get Facebook. Maybe it's just me. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. You know, like like what's the someone left a a tag on your wall or what's that whole thing about? Yeah, they just wrote it on your wall. It's, or or someone was, someone poked you, poke them back. I don't. Yeah, the I don't poke get thing. I, I refuse to be a part of the poking thing. You know, because that just, just sounds horrible. Like. <laughs> I don't, I don't want, want to be someone poked. to poke me. <laughs> I don't want to get what poked by anybody. What am I, the Pillsbury Doughboy? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, but um, anyway, we, we're creating a social network, a worship leaders network on trying to, within our worship ministry catalyst, so feel free to get on there. And there's a, there is a uh, worship ministry issues part in the forum on the network, so it'd be great to uh, to help one another out in that area, so that's about it for the cool website interactive promo yeah so yeah leave your comments we look forward to hearing from them we, we read all our stuff and and uh we want to respond back so have a great day we'll uh we'll be here next time for the next episode and in the spirit of the olympics alvita sane ciao ciao adios adios goodbye